This is Fantasy Football Frenzy. You want the latest info. How's your lineup looking? It's not good. Who's hurt? Who's injured? Is listed as questionable. Questionable. What does that mean? No one knows what that means. Matchup breakdowns. First game today is too close to call. You need an edge to pound your opposition. Like if I start him and then he doesn't play, I literally have nothing in the bank. Got no backup. Fantasy expert Jeff Meller, Adam Abdallah, and Chris Black. I mean, they know if they're playing. They know. They should tell us. Have it for you. How many leagues are you in? I'm in 12 leagues. Right here. Well, that is just pure fantasy football. On ESPN 1000. Ah, yes. It is playoff time in the fantasy football landscape. And we are here for you right now on Fantasy Football Frenzy. I am Jeff Meller alongside Adam Abdallah and Chris Black. If you have a question you need answered, we will help you out this morning. 312-332-3776. Or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. Black is at Chris Black. And Abdallah is at Adam A. Abdallah. There's a little extra fire in your voice today. I like it. Semifinals. I like it. I don't know about you guys, but I treat every week as championship week. I'm from the school of Pete Carroll, so I treat every fantasy battle with the intensity that is necessary, like it is a playoff week. That's fine. You can Let's go, do it. You can go ahead and do that, but the week three win is not as satisfying as the week <laughs> 15 and week 16 win, at least in my personal experience. True. The give to Fournette. He's got some room to the 30. 35 for Leonard Fournette into the open field. Leonard Fournette is in the secondary. Leonard Fournette is going to go the distance. Leonard Fournette just answered for the Jaguars. He went 75 yards. There will be no long touchdown runs. There will be no answering from Leonard Fournette today as he has already been ruled out, which means you in all likelihood will be scrambling on the waiver wire if you did not note that last last night. So what do you do? Well, Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon stand to see the biggest increase in touches. I would say Chris Ivory is my preference if you're choosing between the two. But I'm not going to lie. Yeldon's been... More productive in his touches this season. Really, Ivory, the only reason I'm looking at him as my preference is because I want the red zone touches when they get there. Yeah, and you know, when you look at Leonard Fournette and the fact that he is not going to play today and you're looking at the different touches for the Jaguars, you're also looking at a team that needs to win this week to keep their playoff hopes alive. So you're looking at a team that's not like packing it in the final couple weeks. Sometimes you get that scenario for a team that's maybe clinched or a team that has already locked everything up. So you know that this team's going to go out there and try and win the game and then you look at the different carries. Chris Ivory is a great option today. No doubt about it. Like I said, though, TJ Yeldon, maybe if you're in desperation mode, especially in PPR formats, could be someone you may look to now that Fournette is not involved today. All right. In that same game, I do want to mention DeAndre Hopkins was listed as questionable. Look, latest from Adam Schefter, he's expected to go, which is kind of what we were all anticipating this week. And for those of you on the fence about whether or not to use DeAndre Hopkins... With the toe injury, I'm sorry, that's not enough for me to shy away from the man who is the second most targeted wide receiver in all of football. I understand TJ Yates may make some folks skittish, but in all reality, I don't think TJ Yates is that big of a downgrade from what Tom Savage was giving him. So let's not get crazy, folks. DeAndre Hopkins is, in all likelihood, a big reason why you are still playing in your fantasy football playoffs. Don't get cute. I also understand it's a brutal matchup. Jags are awesome. But 
DeAndre Hopkins actually garners thirty, roughly 35% of the Houston Texan targets. He's a stud. Do not get cute and bench him. The Jags do also allow just under 200 yards per game through the air. So they may be great. They're very stout against the run, and they sack. They're, that's why they're Saxonville, uh, yes. the Saxonville Jaguars. But they do allow a lot of yards through the air. So it could be a, a decent matchup. It's not the best matchup, but it could be a decent matchup for Hopkins. And to Jeff's point, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he's the wide receiver in the league. That It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball because the targets and the production are there. Six of his last seven games, he's had at least... 10 or more targets. So he's coming with 11, 16, 14, 9, 10, 14, 16 targets. So like no matter who the quarterback is, you're going to get the targets, the production from DeAndre Hopkins. That's why he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. This leads us perfectly to Mike in Antioch, who has a DeAndre Hopkins question. What's up, Mike? Yeah, I got two and three in the PPR. I got DeAndre Hopkins, Jeff Gordon, and Michael Crabtree. Josh Gordon, not Jeff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of I'm course, just joking, yeah. Mike. All right. So, yeah, Death like we just said. Really fast, too, though, in a car. Yes, yes, this is true. You know what? Hey, it, for plenty of years, if you could if you could start Jeff Gordon in your fantasy yes, NASCAR, yeah, true, you true. were locked in and yeah. good. So, here's the deal, Mike. This one's easy for me. DeAndre Hopkins, again, we just we just laid it out. Don't do not bench him. There's I'm sorry. There's there's not three better wide receivers I want to start over DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy football this season. So, keep him locked in. For me, I've, I like what I've seen from Josh Gordon. Of, of course, Crabtree's a little more enticing without Amari Cooper today, but Josh Gordon's big playability is clearly still there. And, you know, he's been very productive in these first couple games that he's been back. I'm going to say Hopkins and Gordon. Yeah, and I think the conversation is more about a Josh Gordon versus Michael Crabtree conversation because even Josh Gordon, even though he's produced for you, last week against the Packers, he had three receptions, six targets, 69 yards, and a touchdown. And a you, sweet grab on yeah, that yeah, touchdown. Yeah, a, a sweet too. grab. But like, if you look at Crabtree, who on ESPN.com is only ranked one spot behind Josh Gordon for wide receivers, especially in PPR, 17 is where Josh Gordon ranks, 18th is where Crabtree ranks. Crabtree gets more targets. So especially this week with Amari Cooper out and you're only looking at Michael Crabtree with Carr and his ability to pass the ball going against the Raiders have the uh, Cowboys in primetime, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at this matchup today, it's questionable whether or not to play Gordon over Crabtree because Crabtree is going to get the amount of targets, but you're looking for the spectacular play out of Gordon. It's really a toss-up between the two. It's close, and I and in in PPR, I, I definitely understand the Crabtree point of view there. But Josh Gordon, for me, has proven that he—that's what I wanted to see the last couple of weeks—is if he was still capable of doing what he had done in the past. He clearly is, and that big playability is there, and he can give you the his look. His ceiling at this time in the, during the playoffs is much higher than for me what Crabtree's going to give you, especially, you know, sometimes without Cooper, too, the extra coverage rolled towards Crabtree. It, it's kind of impossible to say whether it's going to be beneficial or it's actually going to hurt him. Gordon His, does have to go up against the number one defense, though, in the Ravens. True. No, no, no. True. But yeah. but they've been susceptible, susceptible to the big passing plays. Absolutely. And without Jimmy Smith, even more so. So uh, I understand the question, Mike, but for me, it's, it's pretty clear cut. Hopkins and Gordon. Rodgers looks left and right. Waits for the snap, and here it is. Another blitz. Rodgers quick throw. Right side. Got Nelson inside the field. Touchdown! Touchdown to Jordy Nelson! All right, so Aaron Rodgers returns today. 
And we'll delve into this. I'm sure lots of people will have this question for us as they tweet us and call us today. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a case-by-case basis as to whether or not I advise you to start him. He's certainly a possibility for plenty of people out there. He's in my top ten. And you know what? In a, in a perfect world, maybe you were lucky if you were a Carson Wentz owner. Maybe you snagged him. This is why you never stop playing the waiver wire out there. Yeah. It doesn't matter how comfortable you feel about your positions. You always need depth. That's why, you know, we were advising earlier in the season to go ahead and grab Aaron Rodgers and keep him on your bench, if nothing else, to prevent your opponent from being able to use him well. If you were a Carson Wentz owner and you were smart about it, you grabbed him when the opportunity arose, well, guess what? It's like an early Christmas present because what could have been a disaster, maybe you can just go ahead and plug Aaron Rodgers into your lineup and feel pretty comfortable today. I played that specific highlight, though, because Jordy Nelson stands to be the biggest beneficiary of Aaron Rodgers' return. Nelson has really struggled with Brett Hundley under center, but it is no doubt that Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson have a chemistry together. I believe Jordy Nelson had six touchdowns in four games earlier this year when Aaron Rodgers was under center. That, to me, is all you need to know. Jordy Nelson, the red zone targets should be there. You know they'll move the ball better with Aaron Rodgers under center today. So Jordy Nelson, for me, is the big talking point because, again, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, is going to be a case-by-case basis. But I think Jordy Nelson, for me, he is definitely somebody you should consider starting who you've probably shied away from over the last five weeks. You know, Jeff, on Wednesday, we talked to Jason Wildey from ESPN Milwaukee, and he told us that he didn't think there would be any rust factor with Aaron Rodgers coming into these final couple of games. So he expected Aaron Rodgers to come out on fire and to play his best football, even though he has been out with an injury. Since 2009, Aaron Rodgers is 26-7 and in December and January in regular season starts, only trailing Peyton Manning for the best mark in his career during that span, minimum of 15 games. So Aaron Rodgers expected to come out today on fire, play well for the Packers, see if they have a chance to make a playoff run. They have one of the strongest strength of schedule to end the season, and they need some things to go their way to make the playoffs. But the Packers need a big game from Aaron Rodgers today. And Ian Rapport of the NFL Network put out a story today that's you know an in-depth story about Aaron Rodgers and his comeback and his decision to come back and why he's playing and all this stuff. And it revealed that the collarbone's not 100% healed. Like, there is some iffy, and he had to talk to the agent and all that kind of stuff. How do you think, Jeff, like, the, the collarbone not being 100%, like, if well, he takes a bad hit... This is... this is the, No, great question. I actually had Brian Cole on a show a couple weeks back. Dr. Brian Cole, the uh, Bulls doctor, obviously, team doctor, and uh, host of Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000, and I asked him specifically about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And this maybe leads to Wildy's point as well about the rust. The mobility, the the um, range of motion with the shoulder, not an issue. That's why you're seeing in pregame highlights him flinging the ball 55 yards on a dart, no issues. That's not the problem. It, his ability to throw the ball should not be an issue at all. The biggest concern is going to be Aaron Rodgers has to be cognizant of the fact that the calcification of the bone. It's going to take a little longer for that to heal. So while he can get out there and play, that he is more susceptible to injury if he takes a big hit and possibly re-breaking the clavicle bone if he gets hit in the right spot. He needs to be 
more judicious about throwing the ball away and not running maybe like he normally would. Now, how is he going to play? You know, we Aaron Rodgers is ridiculously smart. We know that about the game of football. So I, I don't anticipate himself putting himself in harm's way mm-hmm. when he can avoid it. Sometimes you're playing football. You but, can't always but, avoid it. But staying in the pocket negates some of why his, Aaron Rodgers is so brilliant because his ability to escape and run downfield, even though he's not yeah. known as a running quarterback. Oh, yeah. He is so smart that he can figure it out, and he gets down usually when he gets outside of the pocket. That makes him so good. You know, like yeah. if you eliminate that one part of the game and you know Aaron Rodgers is only going to be seven feet behind the, the line of scrimmage, that helps the defense out a ton. Well, you're right. It, but that's the thing is I don't expect that to be eliminated from his game. Sure. The question is, and this is impossible to know, can he avoid the hit that re-injures him? You know he can get he can get through the game. He can scramble. He can get out of bounds. He can he can easily slide and make it through this game without issue. So like I'm personally I, I'll lay here. Let's get Rick's call and then I'll lay out my personal rankings. What's up, Rick? Morning, gents. Uh, yeah, I have Case Keenum and Aaron of course coming off the injured of in course PPR league. So Rick, for me, this one's easy. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers, and I understand Case Keenum's got plenty of great weapons available at his disposal. So he is a very nice fantasy play this week against the Bengals at home. But Aaron Rodgers, to me, I'm willing to take the risk over Case Keenum at this point. I'll lay it out. For me, the only guys I'm starting ahead of Aaron Rodgers today, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger. Those three I put ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers checks in as as the fourth-rated quarterback on my personal rankings. So if uh, you don't have Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, or uh, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, or Ben Roethlisberger, then I would go ahead and start Aaron Rodgers in your lineup personally. That's my that's my call. Uh, you, like I said, though, he is more susceptible to uh, the injury, but I think he's going to be smart enough to try and avoid it. You know what's funny about that is like not to go like in depth closer in on you guys with this, but like if he is going to try and avoid the injury now and not get hit now, wouldn't he have done that in the first place and not getting hurt? Well, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, injuries happen like this play. because that's how the game happens, you the and you can't so, avoid the like. If yeah. you're going to try and avoid the injury, then you would have avoided the injury in the first place. But towards the end of the game yesterday, you saw uh, the Bears game yesterday with Matthew Stafford. You saw him take a big hit and fall on his shoulder. Yeah, that could have broken his collarbone. Sure, but it didn't. I I know, and that happens with quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Like that type of play, Akeem Hicks comes down and crunches onto the quarterback. That usually results in some form of an injury. You go ahead and tell Aaron Rodgers not to get. No, hit. I'm just saying, no, you go like, ahead. if he's going to avoid the injury, you should have yeah, avoided the look, injury in the first place. I mean, he's, he, again, he's a little more susceptible to re-injuring himself. But the reality is, he's going to be out there, and yeah. he is, you know, he would have invented Facebook. He would have invented Facebook. He and Tom Brady are clearly the best quarterbacks in the league. So, <laughs> you know, talent-wise, I'm going to. You know, again, unless you have one of those three quarterbacks I listed, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers today. Abdallah dropped the the. It's cleaner. On first down, here's a pitch to the left. Nixon down to the five. Fighting for the goal line. Touchdown, Bengals. As Mixon takes it the final 11 yards and begins a dance in the back of the end zone. So Joe Mixon did not clear concussion protocol, so he will not be available for the Bengals today. It is a tough matchup against the Vikings defense that is very strong against the run. And that means Giovanni Bernard sees an uptick in his value today. 
somebody who I would consider in the flex spot if you're kind of looking around for possible guys. We saw last week against the Bears, Bernard still still has that explosive, you know, big play ability, but the Bengals are kind of a mess. And so that's why, he, for me, he's not a, a running back two at this point. He's more of a flex play. Kind of a mess. The Bengals are averaging 79.4 rushing yards per game this season, 31st in the NFL. They're on track to have their worst uh, in a season in franchise history running the ball. So not only do you have guys out, you have Jeremy Hill on IR. You have mixing out with the concussion. Bernard crafty little back but the team overall not rushing the ball well well not only that they don't care anymore and normally when you 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 say you've got strength on strength this is just weakness on strength because the vikings only allow 88 point yards per game on the ground so if you can avoid it at all costs i I would certainly yeah and i i bring up bernard's name maybe you know you're looking around for somebody who can provide some you know give you a benefit like let's be honest part of the success of fantasy football comes from just sheer volume. Yeah. And that's what I think Bernard will see today. So if you're kind of like looking around and you don't like your options at your flex spot, that's why I bring this up more than anything, because I think Giovanni Bernard is somebody who may be worth plugging in. And he may have been dropped this week after being picked up last week and played because people may have ex- expected Joe Mixon to be available. And that, again, is not going to be the case today. Back is Ben with plenty of time. Now they close on him, and this pass is caught, and that's a touchdown for Juju Smith-Schuster, his third of his rookie season, and it covers 31 yards. Ben to Juju. All right, so Juju Smith-Schuster listed as questionable with a hamstring injury. According to all reports, is expected to play this afternoon. Again, that's a 325 kick as the Steelers host the Patriots, a game that you can hear right here on ESPN 1000. Adam Amin, Bill Polian with the breakdown. So if you happen to be out and about today and you want to check in on the game of the year, keep it locked to ESPN 1000 because we've got the call for you, and I am super psyched about that game. This is your game of the year. Dude, I've been talking this game up. You love it. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) It's my game of the year. Is it not your game of the year? It it is this week. A battle is pumped for Bears. But, uh, no, Browns last coming year up my game of the week. week was Eagles Rams. That was my game of the year la- last week. But but see, now this is this week's game of the year. Well, Maybe it's the game of the year this week. But yeah, that's what it is. But here's the thing. Week, ha- week, ha- week. Have you looked here? Maybe this is me being you know a football nerd, and I will openly uh, accept that. Have you looked through the NFL schedule week by week like I have? Because I've been looking forward to this game for at least five weeks because, in my opinion, this one will clearly determine who has home field advantage in the AFC. And to me, whoever had like the Steelers only shot of coming out of the AFC is if they host the AFC championship game against the Patriots. Yeah. If the Steelers have to go to New England, good night. Like I'm putting the Patriots in the playoffs barring injury. So that's why I'm making it my game of the year. I, I don't disagree with you. I do think it's kind of fun today that we have the doubler because the Rams Seahawks in my book is also a lot of fun because we get to figure out whether or not the Rams are for real or for fake. And then the Seahawks, Russell Wilson is quietly having an MVP candidate season. Does he come out today, have a really good game against the Rams who have a good defense? And then do you enter Russell uh, into that MVP category mm-hmm. where the other game Patriots and Steelers could knock one of those other MVP candidates out. You have Antonio Brown, Tom Brady. If one of those guys yeah. doesn't have a good game, mm-hmm. then obviously you're going to say, well, the Seahawks rolled the Rams. He's an MVP candidate. 
Brady threw three picks, Antonio Brown, Russell Wilson. Like, there's a lot that's going to happen from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock today that's going to shape and mold our opinion on the rest of this NFL season. So I'm with you. This is a big, important day, especially later on the slate. You've got the game of the year, and then you've got, is Jared Goff catfishing us? Seahawks. Rams, very, okay, Neve. very good game. Not heard here on ESPN 1000 because we'll be carrying the, the game of the year. Yes, Steelers game of the year. Heard right here. Yep, yep, yep. And, and the ESPN. As, as Black yep. pointed out, in all likelihood, the game that determines who wins the MVP, Tom Brady or Antonio Brown, with Russell Wilson probably finishing as runner-up. On ESPN 1000. Boom. Adam and me and Bill Potter. That's how you do it. All right. We will get to your phone calls. We have given you a lot of information there to digest. We will continue to do that throughout the rest of the show until 9 o'clock. But before we go there, let's head on out to Freeport. And Tom, who has an interesting flex question, it looks like. What's going on, Tom? Good morning, fellas. How you doing today? Excellent. Uh, this is Standard League. I need two of these four. Can I get uh, Deion Lewis, Lamar Miller, Robbie Anderson, or Mike Evans? Two out of four. All right there, Tommy. So I'm going to say let's immediately eliminate Robbie Anderson with Bryce Petty throwing him the football. Certainly they had a nice little connection in preseason. I know some people were excited about that. Um, not just this preseason, but the previous preseason as well. The reality is I don't trust Bryce Petty at all. I, I don't trust Bruce, Bryce Part Petty as far as Bryce Petty can throw a football. Can't throw it very far, Jeff. He's not a good football quarterback. Not so good. let's eliminate Robbie Anderson he's immediately. Not a good, he's not good at football. No, no. So uh, it's it, like I understand the reluctance with Mike Evans, but for me, he's the most talented player. And at, with Jameis Winston back throwing him the football, I got to. I have to believe that the Buccaneers, if they have, if Dirk Cutter has not completely lost his mind, is going to try to get Mike Evans going. He's their best player on offense. So I'm going to say put Mike Evans in. Then it comes down to Deion Lewis and Lamar Miller. And for me, I want Deion Lewis, the the man who is going to touch the ball the most in an explosive offense for the Patriots. I understand Rex Burkhead takes some of the goal line carries, but Deion Lewis, for me, in that offense is the play over Lamar Miller. If you look at Deion Lewis, last week, uh, the Patriots overall didn't have a good game. Last week, Deion Lewis had five attempts rushing the ball for 17 yards. He had five receptions for 50 yards. But before last week, when the Patriots went on, what, a eighth-game winning streak? Mm-hmm. Seven of those eight games, he had 10 or more attempts rushing the ball, and most times he had 15. So you're looking at not only is he getting the carries in the backfield for the Patriots, he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. I like Deion Lewis today. He, um, prior to last week, he had actually touched the ball 14 times or more yeah. in one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive games. He's their clear lead back in the backfield. Again, I understand Rex Burkhead is going to see those goal line touches, but Deion Lewis, to me, in this offense is a guy you want to start if you have the opportunity to do so. All right, let's continue to take some phone calls again. 312 332 3776. If uh, you have a dilemma, we will try and help you answer it. Let's try Chris in Bourbon A. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Um, i got to pick Drew Brees or Big Ben. Understandable, but you know what? It's a great problem to have. Uh, Roethlisberger, to me, I think you're going to see a lot of points needed in this game to win. And, look, he's throwing to you know, an MVP candidate in Antonio Brown. I like the upside. Uh, I like the... I like the floor for Ben versus Breeze because the Saints are clearly 
a team that wants to run the ball. Drew Brees is there. He's very competent, but it, he's not the same fantasy player he was for the past decade. We talk about the rankings on ESPN.com for the quarterbacks every once in a while and how there's variation between all the big heads of ESPN fantasy, Matthew Barry, sure. uh, Field Yates, Mike Clay. Yeah, they all right now, Brees is fifth and Roethlisberger is sixth, but if you look at everybody's rankings, Matthew Barry has Roethlisberger third and Drew Brees sixth. Uh, Carabell has uh, Roethlisberger fourth and Drew Brees seventh. And really the only person who has him higher is Field Yates has them fifth and sixth that way. Drew Brees fifth and Roethlisberger sixth. So some variancy, but uh, like Matthew Barry has him third and sixth. Everybody else is telling you start Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger in prime time. I know it's not night prime time, but it's still a prime game. It's a game of the year. It's a game of the year. Of the century of the week. Do you have off the top of your head um, Roethlisberger's stats in games of the year? Well, not for this season because it's taking place. Because <laughs> this is the first one sure, game exactly. of the year. So it's the first and only game kidding. of the year. You're like so. looking for stats. I'm no, kidding. no, no. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to see if it, <laughs> he has played in any games of the year this season. And to my knowledge, he has not he has because not. it's taking place today <laughs> on ESPN 1000. Adam right. and Bill Polian. Don't go anywhere, folks. We have plenty of more answers for your questions. We thank you again for joining us every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, I'm Jeff Mallory. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Fantasy Football Frenzy on ESPN 1000. Playoffs? Have a lineup question? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Or do you just simply need an expert push because you're too indecisive yourself? Playoffs? Call the experts at 312-332-ESPN. Get your lineup quandary solved. I just hope we can win a game. On ESPN 1000. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy. Of course, we know it's the, hopefully, the semifinals of your fantasy football playoffs because god forbid it's the quarterfinals and you're actually playing the finals in week 17 oh boy help you Ugh. if you're uh if that's your situation and you commission we've uh yeah we've we've warned about that every single year i've ever been the host of fantasy football frenzy so please do not do that i'm jeff meller along with chris black and adam abdallah again we will uh the full phone line so we're going to zip through as many as we can here in a moment if you cannot get through go ahead and tweet us again at jeff underscore meller at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black, and we will do our best to answer your questions before your playoffs begin today. Let's try Lee in Joliet. What's up, Lee? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. Good. Uh, a couple quick ones, if you can. Uh, Ajay or Perrine at RB and Cam or Big Ben at QB. Thanks. All uh, right. Lee, it's week. What week is this? I know. It's, Everybody uh, knows the rules, man. It's uh, week 15, <laughs> and I appreciate Abdallah's disgust in the fact that it's a one-question show, folks. One, what, one question. You know the, the rules, The workaround guys. is, you know, on Twitter, yeah, I, I have more time to answer multiple questions. For me, it's going to be a jai over... Uh, Samaje Perrine. Perrine obviously is the lead back. So if you want to just go with the volume play, I understand that. I do think, though, Ajayi is somebody who's been getting worked in just a little bit more recently. And without Carson Wentz, you have to expect that there will be a little more reliance on the run when possible. Nick Foles, by the way, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go to Bill and then I'll. Hey, Bill, you have a Nick Foles dilemma? Uh, yeah, I'm in a two quarterback league. Russell Wilson is my QB one. Do I start Derek Carr or Nick Foles in the two spot? All right. So 
You know what? That is actually a acceptable question of the do I start Nick Foles? And for me, <laughs> for me, I think I would go ahead and start Nick Foles today over Derek Carr. Now, I'm look, I'm not going to lie to you. Nick Foles has plenty of issues as a quarterback. Anybody who cites the 27 touchdown, two interception, Chip Kelly era, Nick Foles yeah. is lying to themselves. If you actually watched Nick Foles that year closely, he threw 15 interceptable passes and was bailed out time and time again by the fact that defensive backs just continue, continually dropped the ball. What, what Foles has going for him, though, is he actually has better skilled players around him than he did during that era. And he's willing to throw up the 50-50 balls and let his receivers go and get it. We know from being here in Chicago that Elshon Jeffrey actually excels at the Mm -hmm. 50-50 ball. So I think that's going to play to Nick Foles' strength. Nelson Aguilar has been very good at going and getting the ball. Zach Ertz is a big body tight end who shields defenders well and can actually make a play. So I like the matchup for Nick Foles today against the Giants. And it's certainly acceptable, although I wouldn't necessarily be counting on uh, Nick Foles coming in and being, you know, a a great fantasy option going forward. But today's a decent matchup. Yes, but a better play than Derek Carr because I would ask you guys, when was the last time we said, hey, Derek Carr had a really good game? You look over his game logs and he is been a pedestrian quarterback this season. He's throwing about one touchdown per game. He's throwing a lot of interceptions. He has uh, 10 on the season. Derek Carr has not really played well this season. Dirty little secret, Derek Carr is... Possibly Alex Smith, the West version, the West Coast version of Alex Smith. Yeah, he, he he does not throw deep well. No, and without Amari Cooper in the lineup, that certainly hinders him even more. I, yeah, I don't like the way the Raiders' offense is functioning these days. His average yards per attempt and completion uh, last week it was five point one five yards. The week before seven. Uh, he's his threat. He looks check down first. And then he just goes with it. He doesn't even look downfield. So I would definitely play Nick Foles. If you look at the ESPN rankings right now, Nick Foles is 10th and Derek Carr is 16th. So as you said, Jeff, Oakland can keep Derek Carr as their dirty little secret. Let's try Ed in Evergreen Park. Hello, Ed. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, I have a question. I need three of the five. I have Ingram, McCaffrey, McKinnon, Bernard, and Ivory. Is it a standard scoring, Ed? Standard scoring, yes. All right, so let's let's lock in Mark Ingram first and foremost. Next, I'm going to say go ahead and use Chris Ivory because without the PPR factor in there, I like his uh, goal line, you know, possibilities. And then Good. let's say so we'll take Bernard out of the mix immediately because I prefer McKinnon in that game. Comes down to McCaffrey versus McKinnon, and for me, I'm going to lean with McCaffrey because he's a little more involved in the offense. I know he hasn't been as much lately the last couple of weeks. But I expect in this game against the Packers, the Panthers will probably need to score a little bit more. And the one thing with McKinnon is, unfortunately, he's sharing time with Latavius Murray. And that's really kind of, you know, eating into his opportunity to be a fantasy factor. Non-PPR for running backs. uh, Christian McCaffrey on ESPN.com this week ranks eighth overall. Uh, Gio Bernard, 17th. And Chris Ivory, 21st. So Jeff is going oppo from that. I would play Christian McCaffrey over the other two. Let's try Joe in Des Plaines. Hello, Joe. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, I got uh, two, two out of the four. Josh Gordon, Jonathan Stewart, Brandon Cooks, and McKinnon. For me, I'm going to go with Gordon and Cooks, and it's I think it's pretty clear cut for me. Both of those guys are going to be 
generally heavily involved in the offenses. I know Brandon Cook sometimes can drive you a little crazy because he can every once in a while may not be the focal point of their offense, but Josh Gordon will be. Stuart McKinnon to me, Stuart had a great game last week, but I don't think you can count on that week in and week out. So I would be a little skeptical of Jonathan Stewart's big week last week. 100% agree with you. Let's try Tony in Carpentersville. Hello, Tony. How you doing today? Ah, not too bad. All right. I was just wondering, uh, should I start Jameis Winston or Jimmy Garoppolo? Let's go with Jimmy G. You just got to like the way he's playing right now for the 49ers. And Winston, to me, since he's returned from injury, has not really instilled a whole lot of confidence for me. Not eating those Ws. Yeah, he's eating L's. Here's the thing with Garoppolo. Even though he's played three games, uh, played in three games and started two of them, uh, he's attempting a lot of passes. He had 37 against the Bears, 33 against the Houston Texans. I would assume in the Kyle Shanahan offense, that's going to continue. So I would continue to ride Jimmy Garoppolo as my quarterback to play fantasy if I don't have better options, especially over someone like Jameis Winston because – you really don't know with Jameis, especially with his production this year. So I would go with Garoppolo based on the fact that they're going to keep throwing the ball and they want to see what they have in Garoppolo so they can make decisions this offseason on the quarterback position. So I would go with Jimmy G. Yeah. Hey, sorry, go ahead. The yardage should be there for Garoppolo. The only question is whether or not they can finish off the drives and score some touchdowns, but the yardage should definitely be there. That's well, what I was going to say is yeah. that the Titans allow 250 yards per game through the air alone, so the yardage should definitely be there. But like you mentioned, his struggles have been getting the ball into the end zone with only a couple touchdowns so far. We saw that firsthand here in Chicago when they took down the Bears, and mm-hmm. Bobby Gold obviously lit up the scoreboard with a bunch of field goals but they could not finish off those drives. But, uh, yeah, in terms of Winston versus Garoppolo, I do prefer Jimmy G. All right, we have plenty more callers on the line. 312-332-3776. We'll also do our two-minute drill where we do rapid-fire questions via Twitter and help you solve your lineup quandary. Again, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Jeff Mellor. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy helping you win your playoff matchup this week right here on ESPN 1000. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy with Jeff Meller. Well, I'm getting a message from your father's Fantasy Football League. Huh? Lenny, use the up word. Dial us up at 312-332-ESPN. Mom, it's trash talk. You know how guys say mean things to their friends the way women say nice things to their enemies? <sighs> That's 312-332-3776. Well, I don't like this trash talk, and I'm going to something about it. Fantasy Football Frenzy on ESPN 1000. Dear Lord, please help Homer's friends understand that make-believe computer football is no excuse for using the internet to be mean. And ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy. I am Jeff Meller along with Chris Bleck and Adam Abdallah. I did want to mention a uh, shout out to my man Jacob Nitzberg who, uh, Gave me this little tidbit. Very good breakdown. Maybe if you're looking for a deep sleeper and uh, you kind of have a spot to play with, if Paul Richardson is either on your roster or available in you know you're on your free agent waiver wire, he might be worth the pickup today because Richardson leads the Seahawks in snaps lined up on the left side with 349 this season, which uh, the next most on the team is 104. So he's clearly the receiver who lines up on the left. Now the Rams in the... Not quite game of the week. 
and certainly not the game of the year, but probably the second best game of the week today, <laughs> have lost. The Rams have lost Trayvon Webster, who lined, who he's, he's out with the uh, torn ACL. He lined up on the left side for the Rams. Richardson has actually led the Seahawks in uh, with uh, seven plus targets in three of the last four games. He's run more routes than anyone on the team in that span. Paul Richardson, who has had some big games this year, but lately has been a little bit quiet, might be worth a flyer today if you're an underdog or looking for some opportunities to maybe have a big game. That's some nerd notes right there. Love like it. That. Going hey, deep with Nitzberg. And I'll tell you this, that Jacob Nitzberg stats and information here Boom. at ESPN. His fantasy team name is I'm Just Here to <laughs> Beat Meller. This is true. He joined the league with the sole purpose of taking down fantasy expert Jeff Meller. And he is in the semifinals on the opposite side of the bracket, Uh-oh. taking on our boss, Jim Pastor. I am taking on Yerko today, so I may actually have to play Jacob Nitzberg in the championship next week. And what about Black and Abdallah? No, or like, How are you guys oh. doing in the consolation ladder, as um, they call it? We beat Joe McCardle last week. Ah, so moving on so in the consolation ladder. The consolation. Uh, I don't even know who we're facing this week. You guys are playing Andrew Delaney, who had a monster night from Kareem Hunt uh, yesterday. So You know, a sales guy with coffee is for closers is That's his little thing. Okay, Delaney. Yeah. All right, hurts. Delaney. We're coming for you. Bob in Mount Greenwood. What do you got? Hey, what's going on, guys? Let me lay it out for you. I'm starting tomorrow and Ingram. I'm starting Thielem and uh, Baldwin, but I need one out of bottle of three. Um, Mike Davis, um, Hogan, or um, Jaya You know what? He was disappointing last week in his return, Chris Hogan was, but let's not forget just how badly he torched the Steelers' secondary in the playoffs last season. I like Chris Hogan and the opportunities that may come today against the Steelers, especially with Gronk's return. I think that bodes well for him. Even over a running back, a Jaya like that? Yeah, I like a Jaya, but again, he and I do believe he'll be in the mix more for the Philadelphia Eagles going forward, especially with Nick Foles under center, but a Jaya isn't the clear-cut featured back. You've right. got LeGarrette Blunt, you've got Corey Clement in the mix, and so you know, a Jaya to me, probably you can look at maybe 12 to 14 touches. Chris Hogan, though, I think, look, we saw all we needed to see last year against the Steelers. He's going to, in my opinion, be a part of their offense. But that doesn't mean I lock him in to my lineup over just about everybody. It'll be interesting to see how the Patriots utilize the middle of the field that they couldn't utilize last week. Now that they've got Gronkowski back and now that they've got Hogan back after a game of production, yes. it'll be interesting to see how they utilize the unfortunate in- uh, injury to Ryan Shazier. Well, they've, yeah. they've, they've got the open, the middle of the field is going to be open for the Patriots, so they should be able to take advantage of it with those two guys. Paul in Carroll Stream has a Chris Hogan question. What's up, Paul? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I got no Mike problem. Evans or Chris Hogan. Uh, this one's tough. And you know what? I, again, I'm not going to get away from the talent there. For me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have got to get Mike Evans the ball. They've got to get him going if they want to be any any type of successful. Mike Evans is just too good a player for me to sit at this point. There's like, you know, he's I understand if you just loaded, there might be certain players I could under, like Adam Thielen. You may have drafted late. Might be, and you maybe drafted another wide receiver like AJ Greenhine. High, maybe you only start two wide receivers. I could see going Green and Thielen over Mike Evans, 
But I can't imagine too many teams having too many receivers I would start over Mike Evans where he wouldn't make your starting lineup. Last time out, uh, November 26th against the Falcons, uh, Mike Evans had six receptions, 12 targets, 78 yards. So there's a good chance today that or against the Falcons on Monday Night Football that Evans is going to get the attempts even though uh, recently he hasn't produced a whole lot. Only two receptions in his last two games each uh, for the Buccaneers. Mike Evans, 10th in the uh, ESPN non-PPR rankings, and Chris Hogan, 22nd. Let's go to Morse and Brian. Hello, Brian. What's up, man? Morning, guys. I need one of these three uh, in a standard league. Mike Evans, D.D. Westbrook, or Cooper Cup. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, D.D. Westbrook, very interesting of late, but I'm sorry. Blake Bortles is still throwing him the ball. I'm taking him off the list. Evans and Cup. I love Cooper Cup. I still can't get away from Mike Evans' talent. And that's a personal philosophy. It could be the death of me in terms of, you know, your playoff hopes. But for me, I'm going to ride or die with Mike Evans over guys like Cooper Cup. No, I mean, you said it right there. I mean, at this time of year, don't get cute with it. Who's the guy who's expected to be the more productive wide receiver? You know, it is cute to say Cooper Cup, you know, Rams are going to play, but they're facing the Seahawks on the road. Mm-hmm. Go with what you know. I mean, Mike Evans is going to be the guy that's going to have the better day. Well, I don't, I, look, I, I can't guarantee the better day, but the reality is Mike Evans at, at worst was your second round pick and all likelihood was your first round pick this year. He he hasn't lived up to the, to the hype for sure, no. but we know it's in there. He gave us... There was a reason he was drafted at that high this year. For me, the talent is still there. He's not injured. It's just a matter of Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers offense being better. And again, I, I think the Buccaneers, there's certain guys who when they're struggling, you don't know if the offense, if the the uh, offensive coordinator, the head coach are going to go out of their way to work to get them involved in the team. Mike Evans, you know, the Buccaneers are having meetings each week saying, how do we get our best offensive skilled player involved in the offense more. Mm-hmm. And so that's the type of player I do want to start over players like Cooper Cup. Let's try Don. Don in Hoffman Estates. Good morning, bud. Hi. I need a quarterback choice between uh, Nick Foles, uh, Garoppolo, or um, the third. Uh, not Derek Carr. Marks Mariota. I'm going to say go with uh, Garoppolo, Don. Uh, we're just trying to move quickly here, get to everyone's calls on the playoffs. Let's try Pete and Vernon Hills. Hello, Pete. Hey, thanks for getting me to the playoff, guys. <laughs> Our pleasure, uh, bud. Hey, Chris Ivory or DeMarco Murray, half-point PPR. All right, you know what? In the half-point PPR, I think I actually will lean towards DeMarco Murray. I know the workload's going to be there for him. Generally, is their goal line back unless they get really late in the game. So let's go with DeMarco Murray over Chris Ivory. Again, if you're just joining us, Leonard Fournette, if you missed it yesterday night, is not going to play. He has already been ruled out. He is not there for the Jags, which means that Chris Ivory will be the goal line back when the Jaguars get to the end zone. And TJ Yeldon will be worked in as well. So TJ Yeldon, somebody you may consider if you're looking for a, you know, a flyer at the flex spot. DeMarco Murray has 35 receptions on the season, so even though he's getting the carries behind uh, the line of scrimmage, he is also getting a few receptions per game. Hopefully he breaks it for you this week. He had 11 last week in 34 yards. So, 
All right, uh, that means... Coming up in the two-minute warning. Yeah, we are. This is the two-minute warning. And that'll take us to the two-minute warning. Rapid fire, folks, as we uh, get the last-minute questions in for your playoff matchup. All right, on Twitter, Jeff, uh, Ali asks, I need your help, guys. My heart tells me to start Big Ben, but my mind is telling me... Matt Ryan, please help. Conference title on the line here. Oof. You know what? I love Ryan's matchup, but he's been too con- too inconsistent this year to start over Ben. Ben, over the last four or five weeks, has just been awesome. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I think the page uh, the Steelers Steelers are going to need to score this week if they're going to beat the Patriots. Go with Ben. Yeah, Matt Ryan should be saying that. Ryan's just been too inconsistent to feel good about starting him over Ben. John and Mount Greenwood wants to know Chris Ivory or Dion Lewis. In the, P- in, the PPR. in the PPR format, you know what? Deion Lewis used to be a really strong player in PPR, but um, James White and Rex Burke had have taken that role away from him while he's become the featured back. But I stated it earlier, I still like Deion Lewis in this offense over Chris Ivory today. Josh wants to know Case Keenum or Matt Ryan. Ooh, that's a good one. And, and in that case, I will actually trust Matt Ryan over Case Keenum. Michael and Park Ridge needs two or three in a PPR. Michael Crabtree, Josh Gordon, or Devin Funches. Uh, two of three. Let's go with Josh Gordon and Devin Funches. Jahi on Twitter wants to know he needs one. Uh, Dion Lewis or Latavius Murray? Dion Lewis. Lopez and Jefferson Park, I assume, needs one of these four. Foles, Keenum, Prescott, or Jimmy G. Uh, let's go with Case Keenum in that scenario. Matthew wants to know Juju Smith-Schuster or Christian McCaffrey. Ooh, you know what? In that case with uh, Smith-Schuster dealing with the hamstring injury, of course, we told you earlier he is expected to play. So, But this, but with him being a little bit banged up, I'm going to say I would prefer to start Christian McCaffrey today. Jose in Blue Island needs to know Burkhead, Ajayi, or Marshawn Lynch, two or three. Uh, I like Rex Burkhead. And Jay Ajayi of those three. JDM on Twitter says, gentlemen, Evans or Jordy? You know, I like Jordy Nelson. I talked about his his him seeing a big bump with Aaron Rodgers' return today. He's one of those receivers I actually would start over Mike Evans today. Uh, that I think, and you know what? I'm out of callers. Because All right, this right. Guy so, hung so let's go to the Twitter feed. Uh, Orlando, a P1 uh, who always listens to the show. Orlando. He wants to know Jimmy G or Carr. Jimmy G. Okay, uh, Packer, Backer, PPR need one, Duke Johnson, Chris Ivory, Latavius Murray. I'm going to say go with, in the PPR format, I'm going to go with Duke Johnson. And that is unfortunately going to wrap us up for our time. Don't go anywhere, folks. Freddie Hubner is going to take a lot of Bears calls, and he will be the man who will be your psychiatrist if you want to just vent about this awful team. He's got you next from 9 to noon. Thanks again for listening to Fantasy Football Frenzy. We're back again next week, hopefully, for your championship matchup. We'll help you win your league next week. Don't go anywhere. Freddie's up next right here on ESPN 1000.